0: shepherd king, come let us bow at his feet, cause he has done great things, isn't that true? See what our Savior has done, see how his love overcomes, he has done great things, he has done great things. Great things you dance into heaven, wake in Oh, I say, your name is lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. That's right. And faithful in every store, faithful forevermore, because He has done great things. and not that true? And I know you'll do it again. All your promises, yes and amen. You have done great things. God, you've done great things. done great things, dancing to heaven, awake and alive, Jesus, our Savior, His name is lifted high, oh God, you have done great things now. Hallelujah, God unbreakable. Hallelujah, You have done great things. have done great things, while well, you're dancing heaven awake and alive, Jesus, my Savior, your name let it high, oh God, you have done great things now. Oh, oh, great things. Welcome to church this morning. Welcome, everybody oh just as we started worship the sun came out isn't that great god is listening isn't he he sure is well it's really wonderful it's great to be here to worship the lord in in such a way uh, and and to talk about how great he actually is you know and and today we're, we're fighting the battle we're fighting the battle and and you know last week we had we had goliath you know and we had david and now, I'm, and the pastor's got a great message today to talk about. This next song is a song called The Lion and the Lamb. Who's the lion and who's the lamb, right? In the clouds, kingdom it will walk bow down Every chain will break Broken hearts declare the praise Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is a lion, a lion of Judah He's roaring in power and fire Every battle, every knee will bow before Him Our God is the Lamb, a Lamb who was slain. The sins of the world, He'll break every chain. Every knee will bow before the lion and lamb. Every knee will bow before Him. Isn't that true? Every knee will bow before Him. Open up the gates, make way before the King of kings. Have you come to save save here to the captives free who can stop the lord almighty our god is a lion a lion of judah he's a roaring in power we fight every battle who can evil bow before him our god is a lamb the lamb who was slain the sins of the world and chain every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb every knee will bow before him who can stop the lord almighty who can stop the lord almighty what's the answer nobody right the lamb and the lion. Every knee will bow before him, right? Uh, every knee will bow before him. We know that's the truth, right? And he's also mighty, and he's so mighty to save. This, this next song is a song that talks about how God is always there for us, and he's mighty. He's mighty to save. Everyone needs compassion. Oh, we need to save the Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, kindness of our Savior, and hope of all nations. move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. He's your God too. Forever author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. He conquered the grave. Don't take me as you find me, all my fears and failures, fill my my life again, give my life to Father, everything that I believe in, now I surrender, you're home, surrender, surrender to God right now, give it up to Him. Savior, King can move the mountain. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Humber of salvation. In You are a risen King. Come on now. Shine your light. Let the whole world see. We are singing for the glory of our risen King. Shine your light. Let the whole world see. We are singing the glory of our risen King. The whole world sees as we are singing for the glory of our risen king. Give it up now for the risen king. For the risen king. That's right. Now here, amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, Ron. He is a risen king, isn't he? Amen. Hallelujah. We're so excited you're here today. Uh, it's a little chilly, but you know, nothing—a little a, a light jacket won't solve, right? There's no snow, right? Bob says there's no snow. Uh, Okay, so anyway, today is a really exciting day. I'm glad you're all here because uh, in elementary, uh, my mom's going to be teaching, Commander Mary Ann, and Pastor Chuck is going to be her guest, and he's going to play a small boy, a little boy, who doesn't want to obey his parents. So you're not going to want to miss that. He's got a costume and everything. It's going to be really exciting. I'm really excited to watch it. It's going to be hysterical. Um, But yeah, it's week two of The Biggest Lie. So we're basically going to be using, you know, temptations that little boys, little girls have on on an ongoing basis, all right? And so we're going to kind of teach them and help them how to avoid some of those temptations. Um, The youth, uh, Karen and Sully, are going to be teaching on Don't Look at the Storm. It's um, taken from scripture um, when Peter walked out on the water and how when he had his focus on Jesus... He was able to, um, you know, walk on water. But then, when he started looking at the storm and he started looking what was below him, all of a sudden, um, you know, he started to sink. So it's the same thing for us. We got to keep our focus on Jesus. We cannot focus on the storm. So Sully and Karen are going to teach the youth and young adults about that today. Um, Easter. We're very excited about Easter. We just finished building our tomb um, for Easter, so you're not going to want to miss that. This is going to be really exciting. We're going to have a portrayal of the live resurrection and we're going to do uh, basically the events of the resurrection and afterwards leading up to it and afterwards so uh, you're not going to want to miss that here on the lawn uh, also we have a really awesome uh, gospel singer who's coming that day Janice Davis um, she's uh, been a friend of the Cannizzaro family for a while we used to go to church with her she's a really powerful singer you're not going to miss that we just picked out all the songs are really I'm really excited about that um, and then we'll have Easter baskets for all the youth, uh, the kids and the youth. And please remember to invite your friends and family. This is a really awesome time. You know, right now a lot of people have gotten in the habit of just uh, staying at home um, and watching online. But we really want you to encur- we want to encourage everyone to come in person um, and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Because you know, Terry talked about. How we don't want to grow complacent, and that's what happens if we just sit at home and watch online all the time. We grow complacent in our faith, and we want to be active in our faith. We don't want to be complacent. Um, So come for Easter. Invite your friends and family. Also, Terry is going to be speaking uh, next week. She's going to be our guest speaker uh, next Sunday, so you don't want to miss that. And then uh, the last couple of things, prayer on the lawn. Um, It was a bit chilly this past Tuesday. But um, from now on, if if the weather is uh, not great, we're going to socially distance in the sanctuary and do prayer on the lawn in the sanctuary. Um, That's going to be, again, March 16th at 1230 and every Tuesday thereafter. So definitely come for that. Um, And then offering, if you want to give your offering, you can put it in the red box on the welcome table. You can give online to uh, New Heart, the number four, you.com slash give dash online. And I think uh, we're going to put that up on the screen. Uh, for those at home. Um, And then you can also mail a check to 380 East Covina Boulevard, Covina, California, 91722. All right, so I'm going to give our youth and young adult sermon uh, today. Uh, You know, I've been doing kind of a series with different uh, titles. We're going to talk about we are living in a material world today. We are living in a material world. Um and you know you say that and you say, well what kind of title is that? I mean that's not really uh, that's not really an encouraging title, but it is true that we are living in a world that defines people and values them by material possessions and what they have. But John 17:16 tells us that we are not of the world, we're in the world but we're not of the world. And Romans 12:2 tells us not to be conformed to this world. We you know, we shouldn't you know, we may be living in a material world, but that doesn't mean that we should adopt those same set of values. We shouldn't value others based on uh, cars or clothing or money or what type of phone they have or what type of shoes they're wearing um, or what type of status they have, uh, what, ty- what type of home they live in. The same is also true of in terms of placing our own identity in these things. Not only should we not value other people, but we shouldn't put our identity uh, in uh, material possessions. And so, for youth and young adults, this can be quite difficult um, uh, because you know you're at that stage in life where you want to be different, you want to find your own identity, you want to be different from your parents, um, and you're trying to define, you're trying to figure out how you want to define yourself. And at that age, at that stage in life, it's really easy uh, to think about like material possessions, um, you know, what type of uh, shoes do I wear? What type of clothes am I wearing? What type of, you know, car am I gonna drive? Those tend to be just real easy ways to define ourselves And when you're at that stage in life, it it, it, that's a temptation. It's a it's a serious temptation Um, I think about my own experience when I was uh, in high school and I remember in high school there was this particular brand, and actually, i am oh no, I'm not wearing the jacket right now. Um, it's, uh, I still actually have a lot of that clothing. Uh, the, uh, I don't know if any of you have heard of Volcom, the Volcom brand, but it's the skater brand. Um, and I wasn't a skater in high school, but uh, the thing was I still liked wearing that clothing because all my friends at school liked wearing it, and it was cool, and all the guys would skate, and I wasn't a skater you know, and my parents had no idea what Volcom was. So it was cool. And like, I could be separate from them because it was totally apart from them. And um, so I I would wear it all the time. And, you know, um, it, it was a way that I could define myself as an identity, you know, until I could really properly understand uh, how to define myself in Jesus Christ. Uh, But, you know, the thing was, is I wasn't being really who I was because I didn't skate I didn't you know I didn't like the skateboard I wasn't good at it so I was basically trying to imitate other people and that's what we do when we use material possessions to define who we are we're basically trying to imitate other people and it's not really healthy because really what you're doing is you're just masking the fact that you have low self-esteem issues or you, you just don't have enough confidence but true confidence comes from Just being okay with who you are and not trying to be something else not trying to define yourself by material possessions Um, the reality is um, the the reality is is that when we try and define ourselves through material possessions the only real result is that we feel less than other people but if we define ourselves in God and in um, and in his son Jesus Christ we gain true confidence and we don't feel less than we feel, you know, we feel special because God treats us special, and we're all special in God's eyes, and we're all equal in God's eyes. Um, so I wanted to read uh, Luke 15-21 for you. Hold on, I got to pull it up, and it says, uh, Luke twelve. I'm almost there 12 15 to 21 okay so it says and he said to them take care and be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions and he told them a parable saying the land of a rich man produced plentifully and he thought to himself what shall I do for I have nowhere to store my crops and he said I will do this I will tear down my barns and build larger ones and there I will store all my grain and all my goods And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So this is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So that parable is basically saying we're fools for defining ourselves by our material possessions. We, no one knows the day or the hour when we may be taken up to go and be with the Lord. And if we don't put our identity and we don't invest in, in, in God and his kingdom, we're a fool. We're basically a fool. So the point is, is that we have to place our identity in Jesus Christ. That's the only identity that is everlasting, will, ever, will never let you down, or um, it will never lead you down the wrong path. Matthew 6.19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their uh, greediness and pierced pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So the point is is that um, we may be living in a material world But we don't have to treat others that way, and we don't have to live by those same set of values. All right, thanks, and we'll have Ron.
0: About battle. When all I see is battle, you see my victory. When all I see is mountains, I see a mountain that is moon. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. Well, there's nothing to fear now. I'm safe there with you. So when I fight, I fight on my knees. My hands lifted high Oh God The battle belongs to you And every fear I lay at your feet Oh God The battle belongs to you And if you are there for There is nothing impossible for you And all I see is ashes And you see beauty When I see a cross, God, you see an empty tomb. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you, and every fear I lay at your feet. Oh, I sink to the night. Oh God, the battle. go before us nothing can stand against the power of our God you shine in the shadows you win every battle oh nothing can stand against the power of our God oh almighty fortress Against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Oh, nothing can stand against the power of our God. So I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you, and I fear, and I lay at your feet, and I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you.
2: I got to get you guys excited, stirred up, and stay warm, all right? Because we know we have victory in Jesus. Amen. My Savior forever. Excuse my singing, but it's in my heart. It's good to see all of you. I didn't know I was going to be preaching to Eskimos today, I didn't know I'd be preaching to car, car, car lights. Praise God. Okay, I see that hand. Amen. Well, it's good to see you. We're going to talk about. The victory that we have in Jesus. Isn't that good news? You know, when I got first got saved, I said, Lord, I don't want to be like a mamby-pamby Christian where everybody just beats up on me and mistreats me and puts me in the corner. I said, I want to be victorious. I want to be strong. And then I heard this preacher named Fred Price on the TV talking about how we can have victory and uh, how uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. got me excited to believe God that he wants to do great things for me and through me. Amen? Praise God. So we're going to continue on a theme of I saw the victory this week. Amen. So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you, Lord God, that as we come before you, we bring our hearts, our souls, our minds to have them be renewed and have them be encouraged in you. Father, I ask you to use my mouth, my heart, to speak your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what we learned last week is, we got to see the victory before we actually receive it, don't we? David and Goliath. We saw him here yesterday or last week. David knew he was going to beat Goliath. He wasn't doubting. He knew for a fact. He said, "I'm going to cut your head off. <laughs> I'm going to put your flesh to the birds of the field and the beasts of the field, and you, I'm going to wipe you out." That's pretty confident, isn't it? I remember Joe Namath. Remember Joe Namath? He predicted that he was going to beat the Baltimore Colts. I think they were the I guess they were the Baltimore Coats at that time. He said, I guarantee we're going to win. I like that. God said, you know what? I'm going to guarantee that you win. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57, it says, Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that good news? We have the victory. He's already done it for. He's defeated the enemy. He's a defeated foe. The devil is. And all we have to do is show up for the battle. Can you show up? (laughs) Now, we saw that in the battles in life and in our struggles and our challenges, we have to see ourselves victorious before we go into the battle. Amen. Now, we're going to look at an Old Testament story today with New Testament principles Isn't that true? You know, the Bible is filled filled with stories. There's over 600 stories in the Bible. Can you imagine that? You got Adam and Eve. You got Cain and Abel. You got Abraham and Sarah. All these stories of how God worked in their lives. And guess what? You're a story too. God wants to work through your life. And I know sometimes I come through troubles and and situations. I say, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one. You ever been there? He said, Lord, this is just too much. And a lot of times we come to that situation and we think this is too big for us. And I know this is true today because we have so many kids and adults committing suicide because they feel like they can't get out of a situation. That's just the devil trying to get them out. But we're going to find a case here in King Jehoshaphat. Anybody know about King Jehoshaphat? You ever heard of him, King Jehoshaphat? He's not fat. He's just Jehoshaphat. And anyway, (laughs) it happened in 2 Chronicles 20. It happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others besides them came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, listen, there's a great multitude of an army that's facing you. They're on the hillside, too many to number, and they want you. They want to kill you. Can we see that picture up on the screen. This is what it looked like for those of you that are home. There, a multitude. Sometimes I feel like I have a multitude of problems. Do you sometimes? You know, I got health problems. I, I used to have financial problems. You know, personal problems. You, you, you got pr- too much. It's a multitude. How are we going to get out of this, Lord? But I can, I can stand here today and in confidence say the Lord will work it out for your good. Amen. I've seen him do it. Now, the Bible mentions that three these uh, three ar- it was three armies that came up against them. Three. Not just one, not just two, but three. That's a multitude. And what's funny is, Ammon and Moab, they didn't like each other. But they got together with the uh, Edomites, the people from Syria, and they hated Jehoshaphat more than they hated each other. It's bad when you've got people that hate you more than they hate the other people. You're the worst one. Amen? You ever, felt, you ever been at work and seemed like everybody hates you? You know, I was at work uh, for a while, and uh, a, a friend of mine, well, he said he was a friend of mine, he said, you know, there's a lot of people here that don't like you. I go, how could that possibly be? Me, kind, friendly, loving Pastor Chuck. Well, because they had their own little clique, their own little groupings, right? And I was foreign to them, so I said, you know what? I'm going to make it a point to reach out to them, see how they are in their lives, com- be compassionate with them, and love them. And they all fell in love with me. By the time that I retired, when I left, when I came, the last day I came into the, the floor and they gave me a standing ovation. That's pretty impressive. And then when I left, they also gave me a standing ovation at the end of the day. Well, I turned it around. I turned that multitude of armies and enemies against me, towards me, praise God. So, uh, Jehoshaphat, it looked like they just attacked him for no reason. But if you look back a couple of uh, chapters, you'll find out Jehoshaphat made an unholy alliance. You ever made an unholy alliance? Oh, come on, let's let's refresh your memory now. When you were younger, when you were in school, didn't you hang around with somebody that got you in trouble all the time? They seemed like such a nice person, and you, you, you hung around with them, and they'd have these great ideas, and by the time you did them, you, you, all, you both got in trouble, and you said, that wasn't such a good idea. So I was thinking about myself and my family, and I remembered my friend, Steve Burnett. Now, Steve Burnett, he was a cool cat, you know? He, 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 he would just say stuff, and he'd be so cool. He said, he said, you know, they're having a dance this Friday night, and I went to an all-boys Catholic school, and we would invite the girls from the all-girls Catholic school. And we would have, a gr- we'd have great uh, bands come. We actually, believe it or not, we had Sonny and Cher come. Can you imagine that? Sonny and Cher. And, and the Standells, you probably don't remember the Standells. I mean, Dave Clark Five, we had the bands and the girls came. And my friend said, you know, we don't have to pay. We'll just hop the fence and run across the football field and we'll get in for free. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Well, it sounded good to about 20 other people, too. And so they're all hopping the fence, and the school knew this was going to happen. They have guards out there, policemen, and they were just picking us off. Hey, come over here. You're going going to jail. You know, you just stand right here. You're going to jail. And there was guys running all around there trying to catch them all, but uh, they they had us cornered. We couldn't run. I was looking for a time when I could just get out of there, but I couldn't. And I'm talking to God. And I'm saying, God, please, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to have him call my mother and get her up and have her come down and, and bail me out. Please, 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 Lord, help me. So after about 15 or 20 minutes, they said, you know what? Okay, you guys can go. You, you guys were obedient. You stayed here, so you guys, you guys can take off. I went, Phew. hallelujah. I stopped seeing that guy after that. I mean, it was too much trouble. Then I, I asked Miss Marianne, Miss Sweet Marianne. Did you ever get in trouble in, in, in school with somebody else? She goes, yeah, I had a friend named Jane. And, and Jane said, or Diane, I'm sorry. Diane said, let's go to the dance at the park. And she said, no, my mom won't let me go. And she said, just sneak out of the house, go through the window, and I'll meet you at the park. Ha, sounds easy enough, mom will never know. Guess what, mom found out. Mom went down to the park and pulled Marianne out of the dance (laughs) in front of all of her friends and took her home. Now, her mom doesn't yell, but she makes you feel bad. I mean, just the look on her face, you don't wanna displease her, and so you feel bad. And so when Marianne went to uh, high school, she didn't hang around that girl anymore, Diane. She said, I'm gonna stay away. So then I asked my son, Mr. Lawyer, have you ever gotten in trouble uh, while you were growing up? Because he always didn't want to get in trouble because they don't have anything on his record. He goes, yeah, there was one guy that always got us in trouble, and we went on a TP campaign with TPing people's houses. We all did that when we were kids, right? Well, his friend, I guess, was a blabbermouth and kind of was telling people where they were gonna go. So, this girl's friends ambushed them they were hiding in the bushes and when (laughs) Charles and his friend came they egged his car and poured flour over it he said that was almost impossible to get out so he stopped seeing that guy as well so what I'm trying to tell you for us that are already been there we know don't have an unholy alliance right how can two uh, be together unless they agree but for you youth out there beware, beware, the unholy alliance will get you in trouble. And that's what Jehoshaphat did. He had an unholy alliance with this guy named Ahab. Now, Ahab was a bad dude, and so he went to war, and he said, Jehoshaphat, why don't you come help me? Jeho- Jehoshaphat said, yeah, we're joined together. I'll come. But this is how bad Ahab was. Here, they knew He knew that they were out to get him. So he told Jehoshaphat, wear your priestly garments. I'll come disguised, camouflaged, and, and uh, we'll fight the battle. Jehoshaphat didn't even think, oh, maybe they're going to get me. But sure enough, that's what they did. They saw somebody in a kingly robe. They thought it was uh, Ahab. They went out to get him. And Jehoshaphat, you know what he did? He cried out, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Anybody know that prayer? Yeah. And the Lord did. He moved the people away. And so Jehoshaphat uh, was spared. So then a couple chapters later, we see that these armies now are going to get Jehoshaphat because he stirred them up. So you don't, not because of what Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was a good guy. Sometimes we're good people. But when we hook up with the wrong people, we get thrown into there and we get in trouble. So here we go. He made a mistake. And uh, here's here's what it says in verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Now, they never fought battles like this. They never fought this many battles army this big uh, army a multitude a great multitude they fought battles but not when it's overwhelming so he feared a lot of times we fear the battle that we're supposed to face but what do we do do we turn to drinking do we turn to call our friends or our how-to book or what do we do call our counselor he sought the Lord he set his face to seek the Lord and that's what we have to do All that you know, all that you've been, all that you have learned to do, that's what you do when you're in trouble. You fear the Lord, but then you seek his face. And he said, okay, we're going to have a fast. That's when it really gets bad, Sister Raina, when you fast. You know you're in trouble. This is deep. You know, I need your help. Well, you got the multitude right there. You might have a multitude of debt. You might have a multitude of health problems, multitude of person, personnel problems. You got problems, and all you can do is fast and lay before the Lord. So uh, that's what he did. And here's how he talked. I like, he uh, says here, all the people came together, the little ones, which is the infants, and the children and the wives, they all came together. You know, a lot of p- times people say, well, I- I'm not going to uh, force my kids to go to church. <laughs> wrong, uh, wrong. You've got to make them. If you believe in church, if you believe in the Lord, the Bible says you must gather together. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Because when they do, if they don't go to church, they veer off and start doing their own thing. And so you have to have a strong conviction to bring the kids to church. And this is what uh, Jehoshaphat did. I want everybody at church on this day. Praise God. Now here's what he did. Now write this down because this can help you. You got a big multitude of people coming up against you. You you got problems to the left of you. Problems to the right of you. Right. So he gets there and he prays. Here's how he prays. He says, um, "O Lord." God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one else is able to withstand you? What was he saying? Aren't you everything? Aren't you the God of all the nations, God of all the kingdoms? Aren't aren't you omniscient and all-powerful? Can't God, do you hear us? We're acknowledging you. It's kind of like the prayer of Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So he was giving props to the Lord. He was saying, You're great. You're awesome. You're everything. And he was acknowledging him and honoring him. And then he goes and he says this. He says, We built a sanctuary in your name and you told us if disaster comes, if pestilence or famine we will stand before this temple and in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and say what was he saying I'm just repeating back what you told me lord you said if we're in trouble and we're in the sanctuary look to you and you'll help us you are our god not only are you the god of heaven and earth you're our god you're the god that of our forefathers who promised th- promised us this land and now these guys are coming to take us. Lord, fulfill your promise, fulfill your word in, in our lives and defeat these people. Because we, here's where he says, we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us. You ever been that way? We, I don't have any power. I, I can't do this in my own strength. Nor do we know what to do. Not only do we don't have the power, we don't know what to do. But he says, our eyes upon you these are quotable quotes that you hear a lot right we don't know what to do but our eyes are upon you so they were all together and the army that they had was not big enough to defeat those And here's what happened. As they're together at church, sometimes you come to church and you get a word uh, that you need. You you hear something from the pulpit or somebody encourages you. I've had so many times when I've come to church and people that were there gave me the answer that I needed. Maybe I needed to sell a house and they were ready to buy a house. Maybe I needed a car and they had a car. Whatever, you never know how God can connect things. But stay connected to the church and the family of God, amen? So many times this has happened. Has it happened to you? So they're at church. Glory to God. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehazel. Why don't we name our kids those names anymore? Jehazel. (laughs) And he said, listen, all you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, I got a word for you. Thus saith the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours but God. Oh, ho, ho. now that, that's some good news, isn't it? The, the battle is not your. So we know God's going to win. If it's not our battle and it's his battle, well, it doesn't matter how many people they bring in. They can't defeat God. When you give it to God, God will make it happen. So, it's, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, nor dismayed, for the battle is not yours. So He says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Huh? What does stand still mean? That means be in expectation, watch the Lord work. Have you ever been uh, have a situation at night? And you thought, oh, this is going to be terrible in the morning. Either your boss is going to call you in for something you did wrong or some things are are going wrong. And you say, maybe in court, I don't know, all kinds of times. And you go to bed and you go, Lord, I don't know how you're going to work it out, but I believe you can. And you wake up and everything is just smoothed out so good, so easy. Your boss is not mad at you. Uh, Whatever petitions that you needed, maybe for uh, applying for Social Security or whatever it is. Can I get an amen over here? Amen. (laughs) God can make it work out. Stand still and see the salvation. You don't need to fight in this battle. Why? Because he had given himself over to the Lord. That's the key in prayer is being unified and united with him and his will and his word. That's how you get the prayer. That's how you get the Lord on your side. If God be for us, who? Who who can be against you? So Jehoshaphat got everybody together. He goes, You know what, guys? Believe in the Lord your God and you'll be established. You won't be shaken. You'll be firm in your belief. Believe in his prophets. And you shall prosper. You shall succeed. Isn't that good news? I, th- this isn't encouraging me as I'm talking about that. I need to get closer to the Lord. I, I, need, I need to be in his good graces in whatever I'm doing. I can't be out there trying to do my own thing. I got to say, Lord, I need to hide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen? And watch for his direction and his guidance. Because if people come against me, they can't get me. Because God has a shield and a protection over me. Can I get an amen? This is good news. So when he consulted the people in verse 6 or 21, he he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who would praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army. And they were saying, they were singing and saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever, forever. Now get the picture. You got this big multitude coming against you. You got your praisers there with you. You got your army. You say, "Okay, praisers, you, you go ahead. You, you go in front of us. No, n- you're not armed. You don't have any swords or spears. Or you just go out and sing. Do your best. Sing, sing it up. <laughs> you go like are you crazy. They're gonna sh- they to kill us. You can get wrong, You know, join the army and go sing." Praise God. But <laughs> so now here's, here's the crazy thing. Ready? And I'm getting ready to close because I want you to stay warm. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushes, ambushments, against the people of Ammon, Am- Ammon Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they began to be defeated because they began to kill each other. That word uh, ambushments means confusion. So what happened was A- A- Amon and Moab got mad at the, seer, the uh, Edomites. They started beating them up, started killing them. You know, in those days, they didn't just talk. They beat them up. They killed them. And they started killing them. And then they started turning against each other and started killing each other. What? A whole, So he like says, so when, you ready? can you really believe this? In verse 24. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness and they looked towards the multitude and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth, no one had escaped. <laughs> I, I like it when people try to come against you and they started fighting amongst you. I've seen it in, 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 uh, in councils, church councils, where people come against somebody and, and before you know it, they're fighting and it looks like, okay, we see where the problem is here. And, and so... Jeho- Jehoshaphat one day is facing destruction. The next day he goes out and all his enemies are scattered. They couldn't have killed him, but he, the Lord brought confusion and they wound up killing themselves. So here's what it says. So Jehoshaphat, in verse 25, and his people came to take away their spoil. They found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves. More than they could carry. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. Now, you say, well, that's just an Old Testament story. I'm telling you, I've seen it come to pass. I've seen situations. I know one time we had a church in Pasadena. And we bought this property, big property. We are going to build a church. And the, the city council wouldn't rezone it for a church. We had already bought it. We already paid for it. It was $300,000. And so uh, we went to city council and they said, No, I'm sorry. So the pastor sent me and another guy to talk to the councilman and they said, I'm sorry, we can't help you. The people around the neighborhood don't want a church here. Oh, really? And so we went to the city council meeting and they said, No. And, oh, what part of no don't you understand? So <laughs> we gathered together. We took this scripture. We said we fear what's going to happen. Of uh, all these multitudes of people coming against us. So we fasted. We prayed. We went to the council meeting. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. They said, okay. You can build there. We're going to rezone for you. What happened? I don't know. Somebody on the council started convincing the people that this is going to be a good thing. And we bought and we were able to build the property. We had some other problems in there, though, that uh, uh, I don't want to talk about. We never did build there, but we sold it and made a large profit. Because God was fighting for us. Do you want him to fight for you? Amen. Stay in touch with him. Fear him, spe- seek his face, declare that, uh, let him fight your battles for you. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen? So let's pray. If you have a situation, just give it up to God right now. And you can read Second Chronicles 20, the whole passage, and, and let it in, in, uh, impart into your spirit. So Father, I just thank you for these words that are going out to your people to encourage them so they can be encouraged in you to know that the battle belongs to you that you are our our victory you are our uh, overcomer that we are more than overcomers more than conquerors to you that strengthen us so father i just thank you that your spirit is moving upon the people even right now i can sense his, his presence because we all have battles to fight sometimes it takes longer than we think but god is really working for our good amen so, Father, I thank you that you impart uh, faith to these people that are listening here on the lawn, those that are at home, because we, have, we can believe in the God that is more than enough. Amen? Praise God. Now, if you are at home and you have not, or uh, even here on the lawn, and have not accepted the Lord, we invite you to say this uh, prayer. Just repeat after me. Say, Father God, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Guide and direct me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. You say, you might have uh, veered away. Maybe you have an unholy alliance that you need to get out of. God wants to strengthen you. God wants to encourage you. God wants to be all that he can be in your heart. So repeat after me. Say, Father God, come into my heart again. Forgive me of all my sins. Reestablish our relationship in a stronger way so that I can sense your presence and your victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God.
0: Blessed be your name In a land that's plentiful Stream of abundance flow Blessed be your name, blessed be your name. When I'm found in the desert place, do I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name, a blessing pour out, I'll not turn back, the praise. The darkness closes in, Lord. I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be Your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be Your holy name. Blessed be Your. Name. Sun shining down on me. World's all that it should be. Blessed be Your name. Blessed be Your name. Bless. more out, I'll, I'll turn back to race the darkness closes in, Lord, still I say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be. the